here's what's coming up on the next Together for Salem. A lot of us have been disappointed too often. We've seen the same scenarios play out over and over with the same ending. We've seen that life's harder than we ever thought it could be. We've seen that believing in ourselves can, can only take us so far. And honestly, we can only do so much as just one person. We resort ourselves to the fact that the life we want actually can't happen. And so our inevitable conclusion that we eventually reach is it's impossible. Think about it. It's impossible. Oh, they will never change. I'll never get it right. It's hopeless. There's no way out of this. It's too late. I, I can never achieve my dream. It's, it's just too late. And you know what? I would agree with you. I'd agree it's too late. I'd agree it's impossible, except for one person. Welcome back to another episode of Together for Salem. Monica. Hello. Aaron. You're watching or listening to Cross Creek Community Church. Dun, dun, dun. We're a church for people who don't normally go to church. That's right. And right now we're doing church online. That's right. And we've actually been doing church online for like 40, 40 42 episodes, episodes but yeah. who's counting? Not us. Yeah. Um, but thank you for joining us. We are glad that you are watching us or listening to us. Wherever you are, whenever we are, we post these on Saturdays, but um, really it's church on demand, church at home. So you can watch or listen whenever is convenient. Whenever you, you demand church, like right now. <laughs> demand it. I will have my church now. And some of you watch with friends, some of you watch with your family, and then you discuss it with friends in a connect group. That's great. We just want to welcome you. That's our job. We're your hosts for this episode, episode 42. It's the first installment of our new series called It's, it's Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. And we just want to say hi, and just a quick thing before we pass it over to our lead pastor, John Silva, uh, we have a welcome form. If you've watched this before, you've heard about the welcome form a gazillion times, and I would say to you, go fill it out. Please. It's, please. It's really easy. It's a way to say hello, to introduce yourself to us. Uh, we thank you with an e-gift card if you so desire. We also can send you a Bible if you need a Bible to read, a physical Bible. Um, there's other things you can do on that welcome form on our website. It's very easy. And there's other things on the website to check out too. So you mean this website? That one. Yeah. So oh. check it out. Uh, but not yet. No. Because right now we're going to pass it over to John mm -hmm. and he's going to talk about part one of It's, it's Impossible. Impossible. Remember when you were young and anything was possible, like the, <laughs> the world was your oyster and you were told, just believe in yourself and you can, you can accomplish anything. Chase your dream. You know, if, if you do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life, right? And any, you could just do anything you could imagine. My kids, when I ask them, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Not what do you want to be because you're not your job, but what do you want to do when you grow up? They want to be, my boys at least, want to be uh, army spacemen. 
where they invent lightsabers and space armor, and then they use them to fight bad guys in space. And they believe that's actually going to be what they do, because anything is possible. But, and I'm sure you've noticed this if you are older than seven, as we get older, our list of what's impossible gets longer, doesn't it? As we get older, our list of what's impossible, it gets longer. And we kind of just settle for getting through life. We, we used to dream about what life would be, and as we get older, we, we stop dreaming. And then when we stop dreaming, we stop trying. We stop believing that anything else could happen than what we're experiencing now. We stop taking the risks that could make anything else happen. In fact, we stop living. What happened to us? How come, how come when we're younger, we believe anything can happen, and as we get older, that list of impossible just grows and grows? I mean, what happened? You might say, well, you know, we grew up. You know, we faced reality. We saw what, what life really is. Maybe. But I, I, not everybody's like that. Why are most of us kind of given up and just going with what life has given us now? Because maybe we faced reality. Maybe we grew up, but I think it's, it's sadder than that. I think a lot of us have been disappointed too often. We've seen the same scenarios play out over and over with the same ending. We've seen that life's harder than we ever thought it could be. We've seen that believing in ourselves can, can only take us so far. And honestly, we can only do so much as just one person. The, we, we resort ourselves to the fact that the life we want actually can't happen. And so our inevitable conclusion that we eventually reach is it's impossible. Think about it. It's impossible. Oh, they will never change. I'll never get it right. It's hopeless. There's no way out of this. It's too late. I, I can never achieve my dream. It's, it's just too late. And you know what? I would agree with you. I'd agree it's too late. I'd agree it's impossible, except for one person except for an obscure Jewish rabbi in the Middle East who eyewitnesses say did impossible things and in fact said even more impossible things. Impossible things like, like this. My sheep, this rabbi says, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. <laughs> That's crazy. That's impossible. Like, this, this rabbi said, I give people guaranteed eternal life. Eternal life that you can't lose, that you can't be taken away from you by anything. I give that to people. <laughs> and he went even further. He said, the Father, God... And I, him saying this, are one. Not just like, you know, we're one in essence. We're kind of like the same thing. We're both spiritual dudes. Not in, you know, we have the same purpose. We have one purpose together. No. Actually, what he meant was actually sharing the same divine quality. That he and God are both equally God. That's impossible, right? If it was anybody else, it'd be the ravings of a madman. Like somebody saying, I'm Teddy Roosevelt. Call me the colonel. Not, see, that's, it, it's impossible. 
And if you're not totally convinced about this Jesus thing, I totally understand. Like, that's a lot to swallow. Somebody's saying that I give you eternal life. Like, you die, but you're not actually dead, and you live forever, and I'm God, and I'm just ancient Jewish rabbi. That's a lot to swallow. But what if even it's even the tiniest chance that it's true? What if it's true? What if Jesus really was? What if Jesus really is God? What does that mean? What does that show us about who God really is? And what does that say about who we really are and who we can really be? See, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus, they are full of impossible things. But what I want to do is go deeper in them. I want to look at a few situations where Jesus does impossible things. And what we're going to see in this series is that with Jesus, impossible is the only thing that's actually impossible. With Jesus, impossible is the only thing that's actually impossible. And I want to give a little disclaimer because we're going to be talking about miracles. And if you haven't grown up in the church and you're more of a, uh, a real world person, miracles, you're going to be skeptical about miracles because you've never seen one, right? We've talked about the, the miracle of birth, which it is, and it's beautiful, but you've never seen like diseases healed right in front of you. And so you have good reasons to be skeptical, but I want you to be able to give yourself a little bit of open-mindedness. Just give it a chance. Because think about it. If Jesus was who he said he was, then why wouldn't he do miraculous things? If Jesus really was God, why wouldn't miracles be following him around? Why wouldn't he be healing people on the spot? And so when we look at one of the er the earliest biography of Jesus' life, what we call the book of Mark, which is probably Mark was a friend of the apostle Peter, so we're seeing Jesus' life through Peter's eyes. When we look at that, we see some amazing, kind of impossible things. This early biography is probably written around mid-60s AD, meaning that there were still eyewitnesses around that had witnessed Jesus' life when Mark is writing this. That's why he uses some, some real names of people and says, hey, go, go, go ask them if this actually happened. Go. I know it sounds incredible. I know it sounds impossible. But these people said it happened, and they saw it with their own eyes. And so Mark really just jumps into things in his account, and he jumps into these impossible stories. And one of those stories that he jumps into, one of the first ones he jumps into, is about a man with leprosy. And here's, here's how it starts. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Man with leprosy. The biblical writings use the word leprosy to cover a whole bunch of different skin diseases. But at that time, leprosy, whatever that thing was, was a huge deal. Because it was a disease that was incurable at that time. It was a disease that meant death. It was a disease that they thought was incredibly contagious. And so when you were diagnosed with, with whatever leprosy was for them, when you were diagnosed with that, when, when the priest saw that blemish on your skin that they knew was leprous, you were kicked out of society. You had to live in a, in a leper colony. You had to go around town yelling, unclean, unclean, and clanging a bell so people wouldn't get close to you. You had to say goodbye to your family, everything you ever had known, and go be secluded and isolated. You were outcast from society. People thought you had the judgment of God on you. You were kicked out of your religion. You were on your own. You were hated. You were feared. You were grotesque in the eyes of your people, your family, your culture. 
Now for you, I'm guessing leprosy probably is not an issue. There is a cure if you have it, by the way. They can cure it now. Leprosy is probably not your issue, but there's something that is, isn't there? There might be, it might be a physical issue you're dealing with, but I know for, for most of us, whether there's a physical issue we're dealing with or not, there's an emotional pain. There's an emotional sickness that we're dealing with. There's, there's, there's hurt that we have. And that hurt and that pain, and that emotional sickness, it might be your fault. It might be something you caused. But for many of us, it's not your fault. That hurt, that pain you have, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything to earn that. But somehow it feels like it is your fault. You've been hurt. You've been rejected. You've been not understood and you've been misunderstood. People haven't even taken the time to understand you. You've been manipulated. You haven't been loved the way you've needed the way, the way you deserve, the way you were created to be loved. And in that, you're like the man with leprosy. You long for healing. You long to be clean, to be, to be rid of the hurt, whether it's physical or, or emotional. But for so long, it's just been a part of you, and so maybe you've given up because it's nothing else is taken care of. It's the same thing over and over, same outcome. It's just going to be part of you forever. It's impossible, right? It's impossible for it to ever really be gone. And if you're honest about it and you let somebody in and they, and they see the mess behind the scenes, they'll never look at you the same. They're going to run from you like the ancient people run, ran from lepers. They're going to run from you maybe physically or at least emotionally. And the result of that is going to be the same as the lepers. Isolation, separation, loneliness. But as we see in this story, that leprous man, the man with leprosy, made the important first step. See, he didn't understand everything about Jesus. Nobody at that time did except Jesus. And honestly, I don't understand everything about Jesus either. If he's really God, how could we completely understand him? But the man with leprosy knew something about Jesus because he said, you can heal me and make me clean. You can do it. He's saying, I don't know much about you, but what I do know, if what you say is true, if what I'm seeing about you is true, what, if what others are kind of hinting at about you is true. If you are willing, you can do the impossible. <laughs> the interesting thing is he knew enough about Jesus to know Jesus could heal him, but he didn't know Jesus well enough to know if Jesus was willing to heal him or not which I think many of us can relate to because sometimes it's easier to accept that God is able to do the impossible than that he is willing. Think about it. Sometimes it's easier to accept that God is able to do it. If there's a God, of course, he's able to do it. But is he willing to do it? It's not hard to accept that if Jesus is who he says he is, the logical conclusion is, yeah, he can do the impossible. But it's much more difficult to accept that he is willing. Like this, like Jesus... You could heal this pain inside of me. You could heal this, but do I deserve it? Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I put myself in that situation. Maybe I put myself in that relationship. Do I deserve to be healed? Have I, have I done too much to even be healed? Have I made too much of a mess to be healed? Do you even care to heal me? Question is, is it possible for God to actually care about little us, dirty us, rejected us? 
is it possible for God to do anything, to want to do anything about it? It seems impossible. But here, the, the story goes on. And it says, moved with compassion. Think about that. Moved with compassion. Jesus proved God was, is not distant. God is not waiting to judge us. God is moved with compassion. God is a compassionate God. You see it throughout the entire biblical writings, both Old Testament and New Testament. God is a compassionate God, so much so that he is moved to act. See, the beautiful thing about Jesus and Jesus actually being God is that when we see Jesus, we see God. Jesus shows us God's heart. Jesus shows us God's heart. And so it goes on. It says, moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Interesting, right? Jesus touches this man. Nobody in their right mind in that world would touch somebody with leprosy because they'd get it. They wouldn't even touch the clothes the man had because he was contagious. See, often the pain, the hurt, the dirt inside of us makes us avoid God, makes us even run from him in a sense. Because we're afraid of being exposed. We're afraid he'll actually see us. He'll, he'll judge us. And when he sees that, when he judges us, he won't accept us. See, we, we're afraid that he'll refuse to be defiled by the filth that we bring to him. But as we just saw, as we just read, when Jesus touches unclean things, he doesn't become dirty. When Jesus touches unclean things, they become clean. When Jesus touches unclean things, they become clean. They don't affect him. He changes them. And this idea of running from God reminds me of the, that story of Adam and Eve that when they first sinned, because of their shame, because of their guilt, they hid from God. I think that's our natural reaction, right? We, when, we, when we mess up, when there's dirt in our hearts and our lives, whether even that was our fault or not, we, we hide from God. And God asks, like he asked Adam and Eve, where are you, right? He asked them, where are you? And they were hiding from God. It wasn't like God didn't know where they were, like that was hard to find them, right? He asked them for their own benefit. Basically saying, why are you hiding from me? I'm the one who can clean you. I'm the one who can restore you. And I think that's a good question for us. Where are you? Where are you in your relationship with God? Where are you hiding? What are you hiding? What impossible do you need Jesus to touch and heal? And think about this, kind of a side note. Jesus, Jesus didn't have to touch the man with leprosy to heal him, right? If we read on in different stories, people come to Jesus and say, heal my, my servant who's sick at home. And Jesus is like, you got it, done, healed. And on the way home, the guy's servants come and say, hey, the guy's healed. Jesus didn't even have to be in the same zip code to heal these people. But Jesus touches this man. He didn't have to. Why does he touch him? Why does he touch this leper? I'll let you answer that. And so Jesus touches him and heals him. And then he sends him on his way. And he says, hey, you're healed. God healed you. Don't tell anyone. Jesus didn't want the fame. He wasn't ready for that yet. It wasn't that time yet. 
Don't tell anyone. Go show the priest that you've been healed. Go show the priest that you're clean. That way he can certify to everyone in the community and your family that you are clean. You can go back to the community. And here's how the, how the man responds. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. Proclaimed to everyone what he couldn't help himself. Like, could you help yourself if you had a death sentence and then you're completely healed? You would tell everyone, right? See, look at that. What seemed impossible minutes before, the man was an outcast. He was isolated. He was unclean forever. Now he's able to go and tell everyone. He can be around everyone. He doesn't have to quarantine anymore. He is around everyone because he's been healed. See, when Jesus touches your life, the hurt, the pain, all of it, it becomes clean. And it can be used to show his love to others. It's no longer something to be ashamed of. It's no longer something to hide. It's something to say, I once was this, and because of Jesus, now I am healed and clean. Look what he has done for me, and he can do it for you. And so the question is, what seems impossible? What seems impossible right now? Is it a relationship? Is it a nagging guilt or a fear, especially right now? Is it loneliness? What is it? What seems impossible right now? Maybe a hopeless situation you're stuck in. Jesus is willing to heal and restore. Is he able? Yes. And is he willing? Absolutely. Will this healing, this restoration, look the way we want, happen the way we want? No, not always. In fact, what we actually need healed might not be what we think it is. But when Jesus touches the impossible, anything is possible. When Jesus touches the impossible, anything is possible. And he might use something other than instant healing. We read a lot of the the stories and the eyewitness accounts of instant healing. But often he uses things that, that don't happen right away. It might be counseling. Maybe the miracle is you need to take the step to find a counselor to talk to. It might be a book that you read. It might be a friend sharing encouragement. It might be an unexpected event. I know for me recently, uh, we were talking with a friend, Liz and I, my wife, talking with a friend, and she was talking about the the guilt and the the fear she has of explaining her life to God. When, when life's over and, and she's talking to God and she has to explain her life to him. And Liz, in just the amazing way Liz can only do, said, he already knows all of that. He already knows you better than you know yourself. And he already accepts you. I, I wish I could, had a picture of it or a video of it because I watched, and it was through a screen because COVID, but I watched the healing happen like that. I watched the cleansing. I watched new life enter this person because of the healing of Jesus, because Jesus used my wife to touch this person and heal them. And so just like that man that, that fell at Jesus' feet, we need to be willing to come to Jesus, to come to him. And so simple thing this week. If you are facing the impossible, and we all are in some way, 
take that situation and say, and maybe you've never prayed before, do this. It's a simple prayer. There's not magic words to it, but he knows your heart. Say, Jesus, this is impossible. Please do your thing. <laughs> Jesus loves to do his thing. Jesus, this is impossible. Please do what you do. Please do your thing and do the impossible. Throughout life, and you know this, we face so many impossible situations, both externally around us and, you know, our, our goals in life and whatnot, but also internally. Impossible hurts that seem will never be healed. What have you given up on? Who have you given up on? What impossible thing comes to mind right now? And honestly, if we're on our own, they are impossible. Nothing will get better. But <laughs> we're not alone. We're not. Jesus is able and Jesus is willing to step in and make the impossible happen. So another question, if Jesus were to say to you right now, I am willing, what impossible thing would you want to ask him to make possible? Because he is willing. What impossible thing would you want to ask him to make possible? If Jesus is who he said he is, what does that make possible now? Who could we be now? How could we live now? If nothing is truly impossible, what's possible for you? If nothing is truly impossible, what is possible for you now? Jesus is able and Jesus is willing to do the impossible for you. Hey, welcome back. If nothing's impossible, what is possible? That's a great challenging question. It is. We'll have to chew on that a little bit mm -hmm. this week. Hey, speaking of chewing on. Oh, wow. You like that? Yeah. Epilogue Kitchen, that's our giveaway this week. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> kind of New Year's-y. Big one. Deanna L, you have won yourself a gift card for Epilogue Kitchen. Congratulations. Kitchen and cocktails. That's right, they do. Are they letting people take out cocktails again yet? Some places are. I'm okay. not sure about Epilogue, but I bet if you uh, smiled real nice. If you asked, they, yep. if you said pretty please. Yep. That's excellent. Uh, this week, we're giving away to Valiant the Sandwich. Nice. Yes. They might hire you to do their voiceovers <laughs> for their commercials. Totally doubt it. Yep. But yeah, they're a sandwich shop downtown. Amazing sandwiches. They even have vegan options, mm -hmm. if that's your lane. So that's awesome. We're giving that away this week. Uh, how do you enter? You can email us. Again, could they call the church phone? Sure. Any social media also will get you entered for that because you're going to want to win a sandwich. What else do the people need to know? That was great. You covered it all. I want to talk more about Epilogue and Valiant, but I think you did it. Well, so. what do you have to say? Let's add to that. All I would say is if you guys don't follow these businesses on your social medias, you should yeah. because they have great things. And it's just a great way to know what's going on in Salem, what's offered in Salem, how we can support um, Salem businesses. That's true. And both of those places are, um, you know, family run businesses that are great to to support and check out. So they are. Thank you for entering in our contest. That's right. Even if you don't win, you still win. Sorry and to those And these businesses win. And Leanna won. I mean, and you, you'll you win this week maybe. <gasps> okay. That's right. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's a good symbiotic thing. relationship. The circle of life or whatever. The circle of food. 
food. Sometimes it's food. Maybe next week won't be food. We don't know. But you know, yeah, we love anyway. food. Giveaways are fun. For Salem giveaways. We do have a For Salem opportunity that mm. you may have heard about last week um, if you watched that episode, but we'll say it again. It is the For Salem opportunity to pay it backward. Okay. Uh, pay it backwards. So what's that? what that means is you're basically paying for the person uh, backward behind yeah. you. So if you're in a drive-thru, if you're at the grocery shopping place, the grocer, the if you're at the grocer, place. I will say the grocer, if you're yeah. at the grocer. We With the place start. where you buy, oh, the grocer. We should start. I'm, I'm going to the grocers. I must buy grocery. some groceries. Anyway, pay it backward at any of these places. That is our challenge. It's just a way to show people um, around you that you are for them, yeah. that um, you're kind and a loving person and it just feels good, so do it. If you're a Jesus follower, uh, there might be other layers involved for you in mm -hmm. not paying it backward, but really, no matter what your lane is. Can't you just be kind to somebody else? You can pay it backward. Yep. If there's ever a time to pay it backward, this now, is, now seems like a really- This seems like the time to do it. Really? Really good time. Um, so that's our For Salem January challenge. Yep. Uh, so thank you for participating. If you haven't yet, you have half of a month. Thank you in advance. Two thirds of a month to do to do so. That's so much time. Depending on when you're doing it. And if you're listening to this in uh, December of 2025, you can still pay it back. That's true. It's not too late. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. So just a couple things that we usually oh close with. Three things. If you have kids, there's kids content on the website for you. And if you have a kid or you are a kid uh, between the ages of one and 18, mm -hmm. uh, there is content for you. So check that out. If you're a kid who's in middle school or high school, I would say drop us a note because we do have a Youth Connect group yep. that you might be interested in checking out and you wouldn't know to do that unless you went to our website. So I'll put the websites here on the, the screeny screen for you. So that's Somewhere. kids. Uh, if you want to donate to Cross Creek, we will gladly receive your donations and gifts. Thank you so much for doing that. Those of you who are regular givers, Thank you for keeping a good thing going. We really appreciate it. We hope that you're blessed by this content. We hope that this content is helping other people along and by you giving, um, helps it all go smoothly. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to do. Again, website on the screen or in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Thank you, podcast listeners. Yo. Yo. Like and subscribe. Yep. Rate and review. Yep. Comment. All the things. Comment. Thumbs up. Smiley face. Heart. Heart. And if you want to join a connect group, if you want to connect oh, in real can. life, uh, we do have connect groups for you. So That's right. uh, there's going to be a link in the description, link in the show notes, link on the screen. So many things. So many ways to do it, but just let us know. Mm. We're just talking to a camera right now. That's true. But you're listening to us and seeing us, Thank which is you. amazing. Hi. Yep. And also bye. Technology. That's right. We're done. There are questions that you can answer by yourself or with somebody else right now. No, I said answer the question. Answer the question! I'm oh, sorry. Answer the question!